hello everybody hello lo hi how goes it it's not bad it's not bad it's a saturday afternoon here best time of the week husband's out of town daughter's with dad son's with mom got the house to yourself hills yeah you and phoebe living it up we did. Um, I got up and started laundry. I know, living on the edge. Oh my God, you wild woman. <laughs> um, I did make us breakfast. I did make breakfast for me and the pup. We had eggs and sausage patties and hash browns. So sweet. And I've been watching a DACO series. Not going to tell you which one right now because for later research, you know what I mean? Wink, wink. Um, and then I came to meet you yay solid day solid day I have to say I need to be like you and put my laundry in the wash now that I'm thinking about it um my room's been hit by my by me there's just laundry everywhere it's a total disaster so I need to get on your level I haven't eaten anything today so I did not do the breakfast (laughs) so I'm slacking um you look like very productive next to me <laughs> I got my hair done but that was about it <laughs> um I had a friend Tammy came over yesterday and we watched the series I just killed my father I need to see this because I didn't even like know that this was a thing on Netflix oh it's a thing oh my god I I need to jump on the bandwagon what the heck okay it was it was good it was very interesting um me and her, we definitely had conversations about it. And I won't give too much away because it's new. So a lot of people probably haven't seen it. But it definitely had feel for the kids. Don't let the name of the series fool you. Okay. All right. Because there's there's a lot of deep underlining stuff happening where you're like, okay, I see you. I get you. Mm, okay. I'm going to keep that in mind. I like it. The intrigue. <laughs> Keeping me, keeping me on my toes. I did watch um, a movie on HBO. What the heck was it called? It was with um, Zoe. Oh my God. Zoe Kravitz. And it was like about like basically, you know, Alexa, the, but in the movie it was called Kimmy. And she was like one of the sound engineers or whatever. She would like listen to sound bites from people's Kimmy machines or whatever and she heard like a girl like it like it sounded like the girl was like getting murdered and like all this stuff um so that was very interesting I would recommend Mm. that one I'll definitely have to check it out because I got the day girl oh yeah I recommend that one it was good um it was diff it it, like ended up being like kind of different than what I was expecting but it was still really good okay okay so that's my recommendation of the week. Very cool. Very cool. Good day, Dex Shepard and the Armchair cast. Good day. Good day. <laughs> um, yeah. And also nice summer day, even though it's kind of like cloudy out. But we got some porch swing pink lemonade wine for this episode. Which I will say... I think it's good. And I don't know if it's because I was eating some Twizzlers too. <laughs> added, it added but, to the ambiance of it. But 
for a minute, it tasted like the aftertaste almost hit me like a like a soap sub taste. You know what I mean? Like that. Oh yeah, like which, almost like chemically, chemically type taste. But it could be because I'm eating. Sometimes if you eat something and drink something, it doesn't. So that's I'm why my palate, and then I'll try it again. Yeah, later. That's um, like the uh that what the experts say when they like pair certain foods with like certain wines I'm not that fancy but you know they're like this is a dessert wine or this is a a wine you eat with pasta or whatever but I wouldn't say that's a horrible wine so like out of five corks I'd give it probably like four I love that we need to start doing (laughs) that we have to start doing that we're gonna start rating the wines by corks how many oh that's amazing genius Okay. okay we'll put that on the discussion board yeah (laughs) uh but um today we are talking about um a story that is not so fun as the as the wine is and didn't we get recommended this story correct we did by little miss charlotte lentini i'm raising a uh a true crime child oh yeah but you know what I'm not hating it because it's making her recognize things you know what I mean oh for sure yeah because I feel like a lot of kids if they're not you know into this stuff or anything like that um they they're just not like aware of all these situations that could happen to them so she's definitely 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 keeps keeps them keep an eye open for themselves which is good yeah, she's definitely aware of vans. She always says ban the van now whenever one goes by without windows. <laughs> ban the van. <laughs> I feel like the van people are going to start like switching it up because everybody's onto the vans, you know? Well, this is what I'm saying. Like either put windows in it, right? And if there's no windows, paint your freaking logo on it of where you work or what you're doing or what your name is, something that's memorable and then people won't judge you. Yeah, exactly. When it's just like plain and there's no windows and there's nothing on it, it's like mm, sketchy, sketchy, yeah. sketch. We all saw Silence of the Lambs, okay? Yeah, we know what happens in those. Do vans. not help someone move a couch in their van, okay? Never, never would I ever. Also, I <laughs> oh. physically couldn't either. <laughs> so today we're going to dive into Lisa McVeigh. So um, there is a movie on it that we watched. It's called Believe Me, The Abduction of Lisa McVeigh. And we watched it off of Amazon Prime. I think it was um, a Lifetime movie, no? Like originally? Might have been. I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but I thought it was. But as of now, it's on Amazon Prime. Yes. (laughs) Um, So... Lisa McVeigh, she was born in March of 1967. So it's making her about 55 now. She almost did not make it, though. We're going to take you on this wild ride to what makes her such an amazing, heroic survivor. So Lisa didn't have the greatest home life. She was living with her grandmother and her grandmother's boyfriend. So after years of being sexually abused, by her piece of shit grandmother's boyfriend and well grandmother turning a blind eye and just letting this shit happen lisa had a new plan and sadly her mother biological mother uh, she was a crack addict so yeah no help there either she was just 
winners all around. Surrounded by winners. Like, I mean, obviously the grandma's boyfriend was a complete piece of shit, but that I'm more mad at the grandma because it's like, that's your granddaughter and you're literally going to let this happen. Like you're just as disgusting as he is. Oh, yes. So on November 3rd, 1984, Lisa had a night shift at Krispy Kreme Donuts. Um, That was going to be her last shift. Lisa didn't plan on quitting, um, but only to kill herself. So before going into work, she even wrote a note. Lisa's shift ended, and then she said to her boss, thank you for being so nice to me. And then she left. Which I got to, you know, think like that probably had an eyebrow raised to her manager because it's like, it'd be just a weird thing for somebody to say without showing a little concern. like Right. On. Yeah. Especially if, if it's not like a normal thing that, you know, some people are like overly like, like, thank you, thank you, whatever. But like, if it's not a normal thing that she would say and like, you know, she was supposed to continue working there, whatever, that for sure would make me very concerned too so now it's about 2 a.m which is a crazy time to be alone out at 17 anyway she's completely exhausted and she's just pedaling so fast to get home as she comes across this old church she tries to speed up to get away from the church just like pass it like pretty quick but unfortunately she was not fast enough someone grabbed her from behind off her bike and that's when lisa screamed for help up until the point that her attacker, Bobby Joe Long, put a gun to her head and said if she screams again, he will kill her. Even though Lisa had written a note and planned to kill herself, this is where she decided she did not want to die. So she did just as she was told. Sadly, this wasn't the first gun pointed at her. Going back to the piece of shit granny's boyfriend, he would pull a gun out on her all the time if he didn't get his way. So what I'm about to explain to you is where I hope everyone pays attention. When I say Lisa was on her game, I'm like, wow. Like she saved her own life and hopefully many others. When I say she was smart thinking, I don't know if that's even enough. Mm -hmm. Bobby Joe Long then blindfolded her and threw her into the car. She then searched for clues that might have saved her life. First, she used a small open space below the blindfold to size up the car. So by doing that, she realized that she was in a red Dodge Magnum. Um, He started driving. She's terrified for her life. McVeigh tracked the minutes passing, noted that they were driving north, and counted every step as McVeigh took inside the apartment in Tampa, I think she counted like 23 steps. So she knew like the exact number from entering the door to entering his apartment for the next 26 hours, Bobby repeatedly raped, tortured, abused Lisa. At this point, she thought for sure he was just going to kill her at any moment. But what Lisa didn't know was that before he kidnapped her, Bobby Joe had already murdered eight women in the area and he would go on to kill two more after releasing Lisa. In addition, Long had also committed more than 50 rapes. 
Now, while trapped in the killer's apartment and blindfolded, Lisa overheard the news report that she was missing. She choked back the screams as Long once again threatened to put a bullet in her head. Now, Lisa was pretty certain that Long would murder her. She was so certain that she came up with this idea to go to the bathroom. And when she did, she pressed her fingerprints on many places as she could in the apartment. She touched mirrors. She touched toilet seats. She touched underneath the toilet seats, doors, walls, just everything to put her prints on it, which is very smart thinking because she's thinking, you know, police would someday be able to use this as evidence to catch the killer. You know, she's thinking if she didn't survive, it would at least solve her murder and then maybe save other people. So, I mean, that's in a panic situation. That's some. Um, yeah. Big brain. Honestly, because I feel like most people wouldn't think to do any of this, especially being so, you know, terrified of the situation. Like, I can't even imagine. I, I feel like I personally would just feel like frozen with fear. But like, it's so smart because even if like, I don't know, regardless, just leaving behind all that DNA is just like amazing. Yeah, and she's only 17. So that's pretty good for being a 17 smart thinker right and plus like being like so long ago like when you know true crime wasn't this big thing that everybody talked about and like knew about and all this stuff like that's really impressive for her to think of it then too when it wasn't like as big of a thing oh yeah so meanwhile she made up stories to humanize herself um she talked about how her dad was really sick and that she was the only caregiver. And if he killed her, you know, nobody would be there to take care of him. She's just trying to pull on his heartstrings and just trying to make him, make herself feel as human as possible. Like I am a person, I'm a human. And, you know, he, he's starting to give a little, I think, I don't know. There was, he felt this girl was something special. He, she was different than his other, you know, victims. Finally, after more than a day of torture, Long called McVeigh back to his car and telling her that he was going to take her back home. Long drove McVeigh to an ATM and a gas station. He then dropped her off behind a business around 4.30 a.m., told her to wait five minutes before taking off her blindfold so he could drive away. Tell your father he's the reason why I didn't kill you, he said. Lisa McVeigh ran, though the early morning hours, all the way back to grandmother's house. When she then arrived home, her grandmother's boyfriend began beating her and accusing her of her of cheating on him, which is fucking gross. That's disgusting. Like the fact and it's so heartbreaking. It's like she escaped one monster just to go back to another one. And it's like this poor girl, like can't catch a freaking break. Oh, I know. So neither her grandmother or boyfriend believed McVeigh's story. Her grandma told her that Tampa police, that she was lying about being kidnapped. But luckily for Lisa, um, the police insisted on an investigation anyway, making her grandparents bring her to the station. Thank God. Um, Lisa gave her statement. But upon showing up, she told Sergeant Larry Pinkerton everything that she remembered about her attack. And um, I don't know if you saw the movie, but in the movie, it actually took a couple of 
cops. It took her getting to Larry for people to believe her. Everybody, the first guy she talked to was just like, come on, you know, didn't believe her. Then she talked to two female cops. They were like, this just sounds sketchy. It sounds like a story in your head. Like, where were you really? Nobody believed her. This guy walked in and he's like, oh, no, um, this really happened. Like, and thank God this guy took a chance on her because... I think he totally saved her life mentally and emotionally. So just a few days, she's seen on the news about the murder. She immediately called Larry and said, um, you need to come get me. We need to talk. I think you need to hear this. So McVeigh recounted her experience to the police once again. Pinkerton asked her if she'd like to be hypnotized to help jog any memories. Um, but when her grandmother's boyfriend refused to grant permission, this prompted McVeigh to reveal his abuse to the cops leading to his arrest. With one of McVeigh's abuser in handcuffs, she wanted to make sure the same thing happened along as well. Placed in a center for runaway teens, McVeigh looked at a photo lineup of potential kidnappers. And since McVeigh had briefly felt her attacker's face and also caught glimpses of him due to the small gap below the blindfold, she successfully identified Long in the lineup. Ultimately, Lisa McVeigh's story led detectives right to Long. She was able to retrace her doctor's movements so that the cops could track down his car. But just 12 days after Lisa McVeigh's abduction, police captured Bobby Joe Long. Now, unfortunately, the serial killer had managed to claim two more victims before his arrest. The next year, Long was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. He eventually confessed to committing 10 murders. As Felisa, her life soon changed for the better. After she aged out of the runaway center, she moved in with her caring aunt and uncle and took up a variety of jobs. In 2004, she signed up for police academy. She later joined the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office the same department that had arrested her abductor and began specializing in sex crimes. In 2019, the state of Florida executed Bobby Joe Long. 35 years she had to wait for this day before he was executed. Oh Lisa God. McVeigh Nolan not only witnessed the execution, but sat in the front row wearing a shirt that read Long Overdue. <laughs> Funny. Yep. <laughs> she said, I want to be the first person that he saw. Um, I got a lot of this information from Survivor of Tampa, Serial Killer, and that was at allthatsinteresting.com. This girl, like, is so insane to me, like, such a badass. I mean, the fact that she, like, went throughout this whole process, like, with, not, not process, but, you know, torture, like, from start to finish, like, with so much, like, courage and, like, literally like standing her ground being like no I'm right I did all this to even like obviously leaving DNA behind like you said and then counting the steps but then like feeling his face so she could feel his face structure like honestly like this is such a great I mean I hate to you know say that it needs to be an example or whatever but it's such a great example like to use to keep in the back of your mind because you never know like if you did get grabbed and taken at some point in time just to keep like these kinds of steps 
in your mind is like, I mean, it could honestly be so crucial. Absolutely. It's cases like this one where I feel like you learn so much. And also going back to like the fireball case we did. Mm -hmm. um, it's those cases where it's like a lot of smart thinking on your toes, like that help these women stay survivors. And I mean, the fireball case, she did have the help of the wait staff and the bartender, mm -hmm. but again, she, she knew not to panic, act normal. She knew things she had to do to get out of there, you know? So when I come across cases like this, they have learning stuff in it. It's just like, you definitely take notes. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's so good to like, I always like, I'm like, okay, I need to like store this in my memory in the back of my mind because like my natural, my natural response, like would not be any of this. I would literally be like, I feel like I would just like be frozen. You know what I mean? I mean, well, I don't most know. Most people, you panic. You don't know what you, you don't know how you're going to react until you're in the situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's easy to say, oh, I would do this. I would do that. Oh my God. Why would she do that? That was so stupid. Like, you know, we make jokes in horror movies, like, oh my God, like, why do they always go up the stairs? It's so stupid. But when you're in sheer panic and afraid for your life, honestly, you probably don't know what you would do. Oh, for sure. And you probably have no idea like what you're doing in the moment. It's just like, you're just like moving with this insane amount of like horrified adrenaline, like rushing through your body and your, I can't even imagine your mind is thinking straight. So yeah, definitely, um, <laughs> definitely way easier to judge when, you're not going through it. So, I mean, honestly, huge props to her because that's, it's genius, literally, like everything that she did. Yeah. Um, in the movie, it showed that she had a sister. Um, it seemed like she was close to her sister. Um, I did try to look her up on here and there wasn't a whole lot of information on it. So I feel like she's probably kind of hidden in the background a little bit, like doesn't want to be um, in the limelight, but it does seem like at least you know she had a, a shitty mom the dad was not in the picture apparently um and then you know grandma and a crack addict and druggies and drunks and pedophile live-in boyfriends I feel like she almost had to raise herself and she almost had to take care of herself you know 17 working midnight shifts at a, a donut shop um she should have been at home asleep and preparing for school, you know, right. At 17. Um, but I don't know. It's a sad story with a happy ending. Very good turnaround. I love that she's an advocate. I love that she's a cop. I love that she, you know, she took her skills and made it better. Um, Crystal is now going to tell us about Bobby Joe long and why is Bobby Joe, Bobby Joe, the grossest man one of the grossest man men ever. <laughs> so Robert Joseph Long, he was born on October 14th, 1953 in Canova, West Virginia um, to Joe and Luetta Long. So Bobby was born with an extra X chromosome, which also no was known as the 47XXY, which is a specific variant of Kleinfelter syndrome. I hope that I'm saying that correctly. 
but this condition results in excessive estrogen production, like yielding some female traits for himself, such as breast development. Um, so Bobby was teased as a child for his large breasts, and he actually underwent breast reduction surgery in adolescence. Um, He also suffered multiple head injuries as a child resulting from different accidents. And yeah, this is really sad, you know, looking at it from this viewpoint. Again, I'm, I I feel like we always say this in every episode when we talk about like, you know, the murderer or whatever, it doesn't excuse any of the actions that he chose to take in adulthood, but it is really sad that he went through this like as a child because he obviously couldn't help it and you know kids can be so torturous and mean so I can't imagine how horribly teased he was because of his condition so that is really sad. Bobby had a pretty dysfunctional relationship with his mother. Um, He actually slept in her bed until he was a teenager Um, and I guess he he resented her mainly for the fact she had a lot of short-term boyfriends that she would kind of bring home with her after she would be returning home from her job late at night. Bobby ended up marrying his high school girlfriend named Cynthia Bartlett in 1974, um, with whom he actually had two children with before she ended up filing for divorce in 1980. Cynthia is one of the women that was abused by the late serial killer and rapist Bobby Joe Long. Though she was his high school sweetheart and his wife for six years, she definitely lived in an abusive married life with this rapist. The former pair first met when Bobby was 13 years old. Cynthia and Bobby tied their nuptial knot back in 1974 um however their married life did not last very long so she did um file for divorce after six years after their wedding in 1980 and since then the former couple started living separately and cynthia ended up getting remarried So back to kind of the abusive married life that Cynthia had with Bobby. Reports claim that she was choked unconscious and got her head slammed into the TV during like a brawl that they were having um, between her and Bobby. So it got pretty intense between the two and Bobby did not, you know, shy away from being physically aggressive with her. Cynthia and Bobby are the parents of two children. Um, However, the details of their kids aren't really up to date and not really out there. Neither of the couples managed to reveal the identity of their children publicly, um, which is good because, you know, their kids are innocent in all of this. So I'm glad that they don't really have to be like publicly outed with who their father is because I can't imagine how I mean, knowing that your father, like, beat up on your mom is, you know, hard enough. But then to, like, find out he was this murdering rapist, like, I can't imagine, like, the not only inner shame that they have, but then if they were to be out publicly, like, how bad that would be. So I'm glad that their info is not really out there. Not to mention, like, 
if you were a high school girl and you knew who his dad was, like, even though they're not the same person and it's hard, you don't want to judge for who your dad is. But at some point in the back of your mind, are you like, how far does the apple far from the tree? Like, is that genetic? Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, would, you would hope that you wouldn't judge somebody because there are so many people that have monsters for parents and the kids are absolutely everything opposite of that. Right. But at the same time, you got to wonder like, would that have hurt his dating life knowing women knew who his dad was? Oh, I'm sure. Like, I feel like for his benefit or whatever like it would probably be best to like you know in dating at least like date someone get to know them get way closer and then kind of be like hey this is kind of about my my past and my dad and all that so I'm sure it would have taken like a huge toll in so many different ways if they were like known publicly to everybody which I'm sure they are there's like I'm sure a group of people out there who like do know who they are or whatever, just because if they were close to the case and all that. But for the majority, like you can't really find any info out there on them, which is good. So Cynthia raised her kids as a single mother after her divorce from Bobby. Similarly, there has not been any information or revelation about her family. Um, She has not been in the public eye for many years. Um, and And it's unknown where Cynthia Barlett is now um I mean who knows for all we know she could have like changed her name or whatever um again I mean I think that that's smart on her part too just to kind of like lay low and stuff but she is living the only thing that is known is that she is living in the United States with her new husband and family for sure um but nobody really knows like the exact details of where they're at So Bobby Long committed at least 50 rapes as the classified ad rapist in Fort Lauderdale, Ocola, Miami, and Dade County. Starting around 1981, Bobby began contacting women through the Penny Saver and other classified ads. When Bobby found a woman alone, he asked to use the bathroom took out his rape kit and raped and robbed the woman. Bobby was tried and convicted for rape in 1981, but requested a new trial, which was granted and the charges were later dropped, which is so freaking sad because if they weren't dropped, none of this, but he wouldn't have like done, you know, half the shit that he did. Yeah, absolutely. It's always, frustrating when you feel like he just made it through the cracks because of something literally could have been prevented just like scathed through it so bobby moved to the tampa bay area in 1983 and the following year while he was on probation for assault he raped and strangled a 20 year old woman named artis Anne Wick in March, and her body was recovered in a rural area on November 22nd, 1984. She had reportedly hitchhiked from Gas City, Indiana to Tampa and was engaged to be married. Over the next eight months, 
Bobby abducted, raped, and murdered at least 10 women in three counties in the Tampa Bay area, um, Hillsborough, Pasco, and Pinellas. The investigation involved personnel from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, the FBI, the Tampa Police Department, the Pasco County Sheriff's Office, and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. The bodies of the victims were typically found in a state of decomposition long after the murders. Uh, they were dumped near a rural roadside or dragged into the woods. Bobby appears to have targeted vulnerable women, including abducting women walking alone and those working as sex workers, persuading women to enter his car where he would rape and torture them. Of Bobby's 10 known victims, five of the women were identified as known sex workers, two as exotic dancers. The remaining three victims were a factory worker, a student, and one with an unknown occupation during this period. Bobby also continued his classified ad rapes, attacking 33-year-old Linda Nuttall in her home. In the early hours of November 3rd, 1984, Bobby abducted 17-year-old Lisa McVeigh as she rode her bike home from work. So some of his victims also were, some of his known victims were Artis Ann Wick, who was 20 years old, killed on March 27th, 1984. Nijun Tai Long, who was 19, killed on May 13th, 1984. Michelle Denise Sims, who was 22, killed on May 27, 1984. Linda Nuttall, who was 33, assaulted in May of 1984, and she survived. And Elizabeth Loudenbach, who was 22, killed on June 8, 1984. Um, so all same year, all kind of-ish in the same age range but I don't think this guy really had like that much of like a deciding factor on who he was going to take like maybe in his mind he did at first but I feel like he probably just like took whoever the opportunity you know gave to him like if anybody was walking alone any girl he might have just been like okay well I'm just going to take her because she's alone at the time of his capture, Bobby was wanted in three Tampa Bay area jurisdictions where investigators had collected uh, multiple forms of forensic evidence, um, things such as clothing, carpet fibers, semen, ligature marks, and rope knots. So Bobby was arrested outside a movie theater on November 16th, 1984, and he was charged with the sexual battery and kidnap kidnapping of Lisa McVeigh. Bobby signed a formal Miranda waiver and consented to questioning. After the detectives procured a confession for the Lisa McVeigh case, their questioning focused um, on a series of unsolved sexual battery homicides in the Tampa Bay area, pretty much trying to like connect him to, you know, all of those similar type of crimes that took place. And as the detectives questioned Long about the murders, he replied, I'd rather not answer that. So, you know, he's like not saying no, but he's basically admitting to it because he's not saying no. 
Yeah, and in the movie, didn't he, after he's arrested and they ask like because they're like why why her like why did you let her go and then he kind of go on to specifically say that she was different she was special he felt that she was special yes it was like like almost like she was she's different from the rest like basically making it be like okay so there's others then clearly like the way that he like stated it was like okay well you kind of are outing yourself my dude Yeah, he felt something more special with her, like, I don't want to say connection because it's gross because he's a rapist, you know what I mean? Right, but, like, in his mind, it totally could have been like that because I feel like she did, you know, if it was exactly portrayed out in the movie like it happened, which it sounds like everything is exactly the same, like, she played on his emotion. she, like, used, like, a, a good manipulation tactic of, like, playing on his emotions to, like, force like like you said earlier like a human connection like so and I'm sure the other people didn't do that because they were probably just like scared and screaming the whole time so he didn't probably feel like that you know quote special connection or whatever which is gross so the detectives continued the interrogation and they handed Bobby photographs of the various murder victims At this point, he stated, the complexion of things sure have changed since you came back into the room. I think I might need an attorney. Um, And no attorney was provided, which isn't that like illegal? (laughs) Like somebody (laughs) wants a lawyer, aren't they like legally allowed to have one no matter who the heck they are? No, no, this time you don't. We're just going to go ahead and say, no, you're not allowed. So let's just keep moving. Yeah, they're like, we don't want you to have one. So no. So we're going to continue. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is weird, but OK. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how things were. I mean, this wasn't that long. This wasn't that long ago. But um, but yeah, Bobby eventually confessed. So, I mean, he really didn't even need a lawyer there because he just openly admitted to the eight murders in Hillsborough County and one murder in Pasco County. Um, And fiber evidence analyzed by the FBI linked Bobby Long's vehicle to pretty much most of his victims. So, gotcha, brother. So, kind of moving along to the trial, the Hillsborough County State Attorney's Office and the Public Defender's Office of Hillsborough County reached a plea bargain deal. Long pleaded guilty on September 24, 1985, to eight of the homicides and the abduction and rape of Lisa McVeigh, receiving 26 life sentences without the possibility of parole. Um, 24 concurrent and two to run consecutively to the first 24. And he also got seven life sentences with the possibility of parole after 25 years. The state retained the option to seek the death penalty for the murder of Michelle Sims. In July 1986, Bobby was found guilty and was sentenced to die in Florida's electric chair. Although Bobby confessed to raping and killing women, his confession was thrown out. His trial proceeded straight to the penalty phase, which was, I guess this was possible in the 1980s. And in early 1985, he received the death penalty. So 
Bobby Long was convicted and appealed his first-degree murder conviction and death sentence for crimes committed in Hillsborough County. He appealed his first-degree murder conviction and sentence of death in the death of Virginia Johnson. On appeal, Long's death sentence was vacated. His conviction was reversed and his case remanded back to the trial court with directions to enter an order of acquittal for the murder of Virginia Johnson. So on February 24th of 1999, Bobby accused the Capitol Collateral Regional Council, uh, which the state office defending death row inmates in their appeals, um, of revealing his private letters to a book author, thus violating attorney-client privilege. He also accused the agency of running a death pool betting on the dates on which inmates would be executed and asked that the agency be removed from his case. An investigation concluded that these allegations were unfounded and Bobby's petition for a writ of mandamus to require Bob Dillinger, the public defender for the sixth judicial court to relinquish possession and control of his file in state versus long was ultimately denied. And according to the Florida Department of Corrections, Long was ultimately serving one five-year sentence, four 99-year sentences, 28 life sentences, and one death sentence. So he won't get out. <laughs> he won't get out. <laughs> I do have to say though, really quick about the um like the death pool that the agency was running, that's pretty sick. Like I get these people are on death row and they did horrible things, but like that's like also sick to like take like bets on when people are gonna get killed. I don't know. I don't like that. That was just yeah, a side no, note. It's, it's, it's probably not the the best moral uh, scruples that you can have. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But probably working on death row and working in a prison, I probably would be willing to bet that you get desensitized a little bit. Oh, I'm sure. I can't even imagine like the things that. And seeing the people in human life, like we read about it and we talk about it, but to see these animals in prison of death row or whatever every day and the way that maybe some of them act the crazy, the way they are, they probably just probably don't have compassion for them because they're so fucked up and they see it. You know what I mean? Right. That's true. Like it's easy to say, you know, or easy to judge like when like being on the outside perspective, but having to like deal with those people every single day, like that would, that would definitely be um, a lot. And I can't even, I can't even begin to imagine what that's like. So moving along, happy death day. <laughs> love uh, love that on April 23rd. All the way people in 2019, Lowe said it earlier, it took like 35 freaking years or something. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed Bobby Long's death warrant. The first death warrant signed by DeSantis since he took office in January of 2019. So Bobby's subsequent appeals were denied and he was executed by lethal injection on May 23rd, 2019, more than 30 years after his conviction. 
He ate his final meal at 9.30 a.m. local time. He requested roast beef, bacon, french fries, and soda. And he was pronounced dead at 7 p.m. And he had made no final or last statement. Um, so that was the end of his reign of terror. I mean, he was in prison, obviously, for like 30 years. But I can't believe it takes that long for them to, you know, die. Like, for them to kill them. Well, I mean, 35 years does seem an overabundance of time. I can see why some people like death penalty, like, okay, you got the chair, you're going to die tomorrow. I feel like I see why there's a time because there have been so many that have been found innocent and got off of death row because their innocence was finally proved. That's true, actually. Okay. So I do feel like that could be part of why, but now with 35 years with a confession, with I did it, with evidence, with no doubt whatsoever, this mother effort did it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it took so long, but like in certain cases, like um, Peterson, for example, there's been so many speculations. Did he do it? Did he not do it? He's holding he, to this day that he's innocent. Um, there's been documentaries now saying, you know, is he innocent? So people like him, I could see like, okay, maybe they give it so much time because there's, he was found guilty by his jurors, but there's still doubt that he possibly maybe didn't do it. So I don't know exactly why the timelines are so long, but I do feel like a couple years is probably relevant to prove that they really are killing the right guy. Yeah, that is true. I didn't even think about that. Honestly, that's, that's like a good thing because there have been, you know, quite a few people who have been released because they found out that they weren't actually guilty so that is good that they give it time because you know how horrifying like obviously being put in jail anyways if you're innocent but then to be killed and to later find out that they were innocent I can't imagine so that makes sense but but yeah it is weird like I, I wonder how they're like protocols work exactly like like you said with this one with like a confession and everything so we found this information on millionsofcelebs.com wikipedia.org wiki bobby joe long we watched the movie believe me the abduction of lisa mcveigh again on amazon prime um i did just some of the cast members of the movie it was katie douglas um she played lisa no relation to Michael or Kirk. I was about to say, I'm like, oh, is she related to Michael Douglas? Um, Bobby Joe Long, though, his name is Rosif. Rosif? Rosif Sutherland. And yes, he is the son of Donald Sutherland. Ah, okay. So we got and some some famous relatives. So if you do not know who Donald Sutherland is, he was... Uh, the badass guy that found Buffy in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was the one that's like, oh, I got to train this bitch. <laughs> I know. I know. Still have yet to see Buffy. So I like that. So long. And I believe Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland would be his brother then. Cause I believe Kiefer Sutherland's his son too. Donald oh, okay. Son. All right. So there's some family there. 
Yeah, he's got some famous fam. David Elliott James played Larry Pinkinton, and he came from the TV series of Jag, which I never watched it, but my dad loved that series. And then Amanda Arcuri, she played Lori, which was her sister. Um, I'm not really familiar with her. She's a very young actress, probably newly starting. But apparently she came from the new reboot of Degrassi. Okay. Oh, my God. I used to love Degrassi. The old I think one. That was, yeah, I think that was a little bit past me, I believe. Maybe not. Maybe not. Drake was on it. <laughs> the rapper? Yeah. He was on Degrassi, oh, okay. which is so funny. He was the kid. Um, pretty sure he was in a wheelchair in the show. Okay. I'll have to go back. But so this is the, the Lisa McVeigh and Bobby Joe Long story. Again, I'm very happy that Lisa is living her best right now and putting people like Bobby Joe Long where they need to be. Absolutely. These are my favorite stories that we do are when it gets turned into like a positive situation obviously not positive all around because people did get hurt and die obviously but the fact that she now is like a big advocate and she stopped him from continuing doing it and now she's like a police officer herself in the same county where he was like arrested i think that that's like that like makes for like a positive bright story i mean kind of like going back to the lorena bobbitt she did a Okay, as funny as it was, probably not really, but it's happened so long ago, we can chuckle about it. Mm-hmm. But like the the Lorena Bobbitt story, she did a terrible thing. Like, I don't agree she should have did that. Right. <laughs> but I don't know her mind frame of what she was thinking after being abused and felt trapped for so long. So, but again, she turned her terrible story into a, she advocates for abused women. She works for shelters. She helps get people on their feet. So she turned something terrible into something positive. I mean, she was even offered a million dollars to do Playboy at that time. And she turned it down. She's like, that's not what I want this to be about, you know? And uh, so if it was all about money and fame and media, she would have been like, hell yeah. And rode that train, you know? Right. So respectively, she, she did a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anytime like it spins into like a, a positive to help like future people. I'm like, I'm like, all right, all right. I'm into this. I'm, I'm on board with this. So shout out to you, Lisa McVeigh. If you ever hear this. (laughs) And also, Go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say, you're our queen. (laughs) Yes. Um, I was going to remind our creepies to send in uh, your money for your tickets for the summer giveaway. Yes, Um, the end is approaching, so get those in. And when I tell you that next week's story... We might need two glasses of wine, probably the full bottle to get through this one. Crystal's been um, putting together the story for it. We did the research together. We watched the documentary, both of us. Um, she's putting it together. She's going to deliver a story next week that's going to make your blood boil because watching it and reading it, I was just like, oh, my God, I can't. I was I was angry. Oh, yeah. Makes me angry sheer like rage just like flowing through your body just like 
like if you guys could see my face right now, I'm just like squinting with anger because it's just irritatingly horrible. So she is going to deliver that. So you don't want to miss it next week. Yes. Catch us next week with that. Um, and yeah. Catch us, with I, catch us on iTunes. How about that? How about that? Catch us on Spotify. How about that? <laughs> or anywhere you listen to your podcast. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) we're so stupid okay (laughs) might as well go listen back a couple episodes so you know what we're talking about (laughs) well um i am going to go and finish my deep cleaning and spending my day to myself and my dog and just relaxing crystal is off to what a concert yes i'm seeing lauv i love him who (laughs) lauv l-a-u-v I don't know if I should be familiar with it, but I'm not. Um, he's not super pop. He's not super popular. You might know some of his, like a couple of his bigger songs. I'm not gonna attempt to okay. sing it, but <laughs> yeah. Be smart. Stay alive. Be weird. Be loud. Be crazy. Be all the things. Always, all the things. Always. Honestly, I love that. You should. You need to put that on a T-shirt. I love that whole quote you just did. <laughs> well, I can. Well, I mean, I can. But a lot of it came from crime junkies. Well, right. You know, sell it like <laughs> like on the side. <laughs> kidding, kidding, guys. Uh, All right. Well, before I rant off too long, because my mind is just all over the freaking universe today. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next week. And stay creepy. We got to go. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.